the Ghost Goal Podcast. We're down to the last eight as the quarterfinals for the 2022 World Cup are upon us coming Friday and Saturday. The last World Cup's finalist, Croatia, will face a soaring Brazil side. Holland, fresh off their convincing win over the USA, will look to stop Lionel Messi and his Argentina side's quest for glory. Morocco, after their shock result in penalties against Spain, will look to take down a refreshed Portugal side without Cristiano Ronaldo. And what I'm dubbing the big one this time around, England versus France for the first time in the knockout rounds of the World Cup. It's going to be happening this weekend. I'm Alex here with Javier. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 386. I, I'm looking at all these finals. We haven't really done any prep for this. I just That's really the first down. time England and France uh, have met in a World Cup knockout round? In the knockout round of the World Cup. Wow. It's, it's a big one. You'd think crazy, they would have met more uh, times. Kind of a crazy statistic, yeah. Wow, yeah, because England yeah. and France have had really good teams the last like three decades, basically. So, it's uh, it's interesting that uh, you know since the '80s, both of them. So, I, it's interesting that they haven't met. But I mean, that's... a weirder one to me is that Brazil and Germany—they've only met like three times in the knockout rounds, and one of them was the final in 2002. Another one was the seven-one thrashing at the Maracanã. Wow, that's it. Uh, that's also really And then I think there's one other one that I'm forgetting, but th- they haven't met that many times for two teams that have won like so many World Cups. So well, where do you where do you want to start, Alex? I mean, should we start with uh with the England France results because they were both pretty pretty cut and dry. You know, England's 3-0 win over Senegal. I thought that was Senegal never really had a chance in that one. You know, it was like they did really really well to get out of the group. Um you know, without their star player, it felt like they didn't have anything close to the the star power or the firepower needed to overcome this England team. And honestly, we got to give. They I got did to, well for the first thirty minutes. Well, no, I, I was, was say, I, I want to give credit minutes. to uh, to Southgate because I thought that starting Foden and Saka um, with Harry Kane was was a great move in this game. Um, and the Henderson Rice Bellingham midfield was just super solid defensively and stopped any type of you know counterattack that Saar, Dia, and Diada were, were were attempting. And just Senegal didn't really have. I mean, they they didn't have that many ideas. You know, it was like Harry Maguire. He's been great this whole tournament. This is like kind of re- reborn himself in this tournament. You know, gone back to that form that. We saw a little bit. Um, you know, he still made a, a, an error or two so far in the tournament, but he, every every center back's made an error or two. So I'm not, you know, even the 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 best center backs in you know on on Brazil or France or whatever have made errors in this tournament. So I think McGuire's been great. Uh, Walker as well shut down Ismail Assar. I think he's going to be massive. You know, having him back, he's going to be the player that's going to go against Kylian Mbappe and the key to this entire England team. I mean, I think that Henderson Walker Saka wing was so good in that Senegal game. They're hundred percent going to start that again. And the combinations that Bellingham Henderson and Saka were doing were, I mean, I, Declan Rice was, I thought not that good in the game. He could have, he could, he hasn't been great so far this tournament. I, I don't know what you're, what you're watching, but I mean, 
I think Declan Rice. I mean, he's been one of the only like mainstays in midfield. A lot. Him and Bellingham have been the only. I mean, mainstays. Bellingham's. I, I thought Bellingham ran the show in this with Henderson. I I think Declan Rice has just been a little bit under the under the radar so far this tournament, and the way that he plays on West Ham, he can't really play that way on England. Um, yeah, he's not playing the same role. He's no. playing as like more of a pure defensive midfielder. And which and he's not as needs. good at that. He's not a good at that, but he's still I do, damn good. No, but I was <laughs> like, about to say, but I, I agree but with you. When, he's Henderson, when, he plays for West when Henderson played in the team, though, I thought he elevated Rice and Bellingham. And I know you love Mason Mount, and you think Mason Mount should be starting at this team. Um, and I thought the way that Foden played, you know, he was pretty good. He wasn't amazing, um, but. You know, I don't know if Mount starts, um, but another one who, who probably could start is Marcus Rashford. Um, he's looked great since he's come on. He's been in good form for Manchester United. He's been looking, you know, scored a couple goals already in the tournament. I think three goals. Um, he's usually really good coming off of the left wing. And I kind of want that pacey threat from England on both sides. Um, I thought the Foden was good against Senegal. But I would I would like to see Rashford, Kane, Saka start, Henderson, Rice, Bellingham in midfield, um, and then. I just the, wonder what the potential is for Southgate to to revert back to, to that a five, five at the back. At the He's back. not going to do it. He's not going to do it. No, no. I mean, here's the thing: going into the tournament, you would have had to really do a job to convince me that he would play this four three three that he has played for most of the tournament. And he went completely against the grain uh, in doing that. I don't think he'd done it for like a year leading up to the tournament. Played a four at the back, I think, other than like switching to that mid-game when they were trailing against The, the team other doesn't teams. have good enough players to play five at the back and beat this France team. I, I just I, I think, can't I think see it's, it. I think it's the opposite. The, 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 whole, the whole case for a five at the back, if you wanted to approach it that way, would be to add an extra defender and take advantage of that wing with Mbappe and Teo Hernandez at left back. Mbappe obviously is given the freedom of the left wing to run at defenders, cause havoc like he's done so far. But Teo Hernandez behind him isn't like a very good defender. Lucas Hernandez got injured in like the first wait, wait, wait. 20 before, minutes of the before tournament. Before we dive into the France team, we got to give... Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm, I'm just okay. making the case about that specific matchup is going to be so pivotal to this game. England's right side, France's left side. If England want to, you know, sort of nullify the threat of Mbappe, they have to attack him head on and or attack Teo Hernandez as as much as possible uh, out in those wide areas to force Mbappe back a little bit and not let him just run rampant. Because Kyle Walker can do a good job against him, but not one on one. Like he still is going to need help. So I, I just feel like there's there is potential here that if. Southgate really wanted to. He and I honestly think it would be did suicide. Make the shift back. I think it would be yeah, absolute suicide to I, do five at the back. Yeah, dis, um, disclaimer. Be, I agree. I'm just saying it could happen. Like, you just said that you disagreed with me that that they don't have a better chance with beating France if they play a four at the back. I'm going to explain to you I'm, why I'm making, I think that's the I'm case. making the case that he might do that, and it might be it might be something that like kills England's chances. I think it's almost it like happen. obvious that. Uh, it, it, France have a weakness. Poland kind of exposed it. Um, I know that France were up 3-0 and kind of cruising in this game and, you know, uh, got a shout-out to Olivier Giroud, now the uh, top goal scorer France national team. Yeah. Big shout-out to Ali there. Fuck that Thierry uh, Henry. What, what a classic Ali goal. Just, like, left-footed, cross the keeper, just, that's just, that's, that's Olivier. That's Olivier. 
um, wand of a left foot. I was watching it with uh, with like a like a few other people, and the one guy said, uh, like I was at a bar, and this guy was like, he was like, oh, he always scores with his head. And I was like, no, like, like he's good with his head, but like the dude's like amazing Clearly with his left foot. The right? You're like, oh, he's a big man, Giroud. I was like, nah, dude, that's not like he barely has header highlights. It's all with his magical. That's left not foot. true. He's got tons of great headed goals. Like he's good at that too. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, but it's like, not like the, that's his only. No, he's not but his, but his, his his craft is or, his. He's not Chris Wood. <laughs> no, he's not. But his craft is his uh, his his beautiful goals with his left foot. So, um, shout out to that. And then Mbappe. Dembele, just unstoppable on the wings right now. Both of them, uh, you know, scary, scary prospects. But Shaw and, and like I said, Shaw and Walker, both pacey in form. Uh, I mean, Walker's been out for a couple months, so I don't know what's going to, you know, him going up against Mbappe with Maguire there. Uh, that, that's what makes me think Southgate might do it. That but, he might shift back to a five at the back what, with Kieran Trippier right wing back but what and I, Walker but, right center back. But what I was going to say was that France were exposed um, in that Poland game a little bit um, because they have great wing wingers, um, but they're playing Kunde and Hernandez, who are not. Um, I mean, they're they're pretty good defensively, but I didn't think that like. Kunde is good defensively. Teo Hernandez is not. Is not. Like Lucas, his older brother, who won the World Cup, is right. left back last time and got injured in the first game of this tournament. He is really good defensively, but his younger brother is great as an attacking player, very soft as a defensive left back. Exactly. So that wing with Rabiot, Hernandez, Mbappe, like Saka, Henderson, and Walker, I think they're going to shut that wing down. Not only are they going to shut the wing down, I think they're going to like, bombard Teo Hernandez and Rabiot and Upamecano and that's where the, England's going to have to play. Play through Bukayo Saka, you know, through that wing, going at Hernandez and making Mbappe have to track back because he doesn't track back. Nor does Dembele and Giroud kind of just cruises around, strolls around in the middle of midfield and doesn't really press. So France, I mean, they, they can press, but they don't really like Griezmann presses Chouameni. Well, I, I was going to say, I think that the the key key player to this game isn't uh, Bukayo Saka, though he, he is up there. I think it's like the continuation of this trend we've seen, where managers are taking certain forward players or wing players and turning them into these box to box midfielders. And that's basically what Diego Simeone and now Didier Deschamps has done with Antoine Griezmann. He's, he's basically a box-to-box midfielder in this formation. He drops so deep, and most of the good work he does is in pressing and is defensively, and then you know transitioning the ball from deep forward to all of those great attacking players. Yeah, he's got like some goals and assists as well, but it's all the other little things. He, he's like, like Alex Awobi made that transition at Everton, and we've praised him for it, and he's excelled in that kind of role, even though we still probably think of him as a winger. But Griezmann's doing the exact same thing, but at a much higher level. Like, he's in my team of the tournament at the moment, even though he doesn't have the same stats as, like, other players. And if I put him in the team of the tournament, it would be as a midfielder. It wouldn't be as a forward player. Interesting. Which is, like, a nice little wrinkle in this France team. So he could help them dominate midfield with Chouameni. Well, so... That's what I think. That's what I think is just not going to happen. I think England are going to win the midfield. I think having three in midfield, if they go to to five at the back, they're going to give up midfield to Chouameni, Griezmann, and Rabiot. But I think if they have Rice, Henderson, and 
Um, Bellingham. I, I don't think Henderson has the legs for this. So you think you want Mount? If they stick with a four-three-three, absolutely, it would be Mason Mount. I think it's like, too I don't attacking. Get where, I think it's too I attacking. This, I think I think the, if you if well, you so have that's where I think Southgate might Rice, do the five at Bellingham. the back and just play Rice and Bellingham in, as a midfield too. And then flood the Maybe. wings so that it kind of negates like Maybe. France's advantage out wide. Yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting thought because I really think that you, you can't play Mount Bellingham Rice. It's too attacking. So I mean if you really want to go out France, I mean that might be the way to beat this team. I think that's the way to beat this team. I think this France team doesn't have what it takes to press a team at at, at the highest level. I think they haven't really faced any opposition at all. That's been good in this tournament yet. Uh, they had an easy group. Uh, Denmark were nothing close to the team that they were um, at the Euros or at the last World Cup. And, you know, while Tunisia were, you know, a surprise in that group and, and you know. That wasn't even, that wasn't France's right. first team. That was like so, all bench players. No, exactly. So France uh, haven't played a good team yet. Poland were decent, but had way more joy in midfield than I thought. They honestly had a, a, quite a few chances you know, Lewandowski could have scored. Uh, Zielinski had a couple, you know, half chances. It, it They're there to be had. And I think England are going to do it. I think England are beating France in this. <laughs> and they're good. I, like, I think they're going I mean, to the semifinals. They have, they have no excuse. I know for this France team, they're obviously the world champions. They're playing like one of the best teams in the tournament. I'm sure England will be underdogs in this one. But I, I really don't think England have any excuse. They, they've passed all of these markers on their way to this point where, you know, they got all the way to the semifinal of the last World Cup with a team that was much worse than this. Then they go to the finals of the Euros and they, on the way to that that, that finals, they beat Germany uh, again in Wem- at, like at Wembley, so at home. So that was set up for them, but they still did it. And they always had a problem with Germany, like ever... Basically, the last time they'd beaten Germany in a knockout round of, uh, of any competition was in 1966 when they won the World Cup. So it had been a long-ass time. They over, overcame that hurdle, and now they're here where you would say before the tournament, I think a lot of people were saying this stage, quarterfinal stage, is about like where most people saw England getting to with the knowledge that France would be here too. But now we've gotten to this point, and England are playing... Almost like, yeah, maybe just as well as France. They're probably playing better like going forward. They're not as reliant on one player as France are. I, I just, I, I, I keep coming back to the Mbappe versus Kyle Walker matchup. And yeah, Kyle Walker's a good it's player. It's not Mbappe I, versus Kyle Walker. It's Mbappe versus Saka and Kyle Walker. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Saka lock him down, dude. You'll see. You'll see. I mean, he, he shouldn't be. If that's the case, then uh, he's not going to really have much time and energy to be, you know, attacking. He's going to be back. That's going to be a bad sign if that's the case. Well, I mean, it might be a low scoring game. You know, it might be the type of game where one goal wins it. So, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't I don't think with these two teams defense crazy goal fest. But yeah, like with these two teams defenses, it's you know, if the teams aren't cagey and they go at each other and especially if Mason Mount plays in midfield, I mean, if Mount starting yeah it's gonna be like fucking three three in regular time and like you know a crazy game but i i i kind of think it's gonna be a lot cagier um but i don't know i i just think england are gonna do it man I have all right england score prediction two one england
I think Mbappe scores. I'm going to say 3-1 France. Wow. All right. Already disagreeing on the on the semi on on our first uh, quarterfinal, Alex. I, I mean, it's a it's a coin toss. I, I I'm not it really like, is. It really is. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, look at you picking at France here. No, I mean these both of these teams are chalk. Just that's it. They're chalk. They're the entire team is full of just sacked players, and same, so are their benches. So, yeah, let's move on to uh, Croatia Brazil, which is going to be actually the the first of these four semifinals Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, Croatia got through by the skin of their teeth uh, with a 1-1 draw against Japan and then one on penalties. And uh, Heartbreak uh, Br- for Brazil. Japan, man. Heartbreak yeah, for Yeah, real them. heartbreak. Meanwhile, they, Brazil, yeah. they uh, they just swept South Korea aside. They went 4-0 up in the, the first half. Probably could have Took been more. Took off all they of their players, up. yeah. And then right. just like, like Gave the brought on Weberton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they were like fucking minutes. victory lapping Korea. That was, yeah, that was... Uh, that was pretty, there's been a whole like there's been like a whole scandal or not really it's not really a scandal but a whole like one of those fake like discussions that gets made up by media uh, in England where you know Roy Keane and Graham Sunas were talking about how disrespectful Brazil dancing after their goals was and then meanwhile everyone else in the world is just like shut the fuck up like they scored it at a World Cup they were absolutely like they were putting on one of the best performances of the tournament and they were da- dancing after their goals it's Brazil like yo Neymar though Neymar was amazing in that game Neymar came back I don't know how the fuck he did it he had some steroids or some shit in his ankle but he played 82 minutes I was surprised he lasted that long and he oh my didn't god what about Richarlison's goal what is Richarlison doing at this World Cup why is he Thiago doing Silva. these fucking bicycle Thiago kicks? Silva dishing those up on, oh on a my. plate. For no, him. Richarlison juggled the ball like eight times in the air and then fucking. Yeah, but I'm talking about the pass through uh, to him. That was him. That was Thiago Silva. That was Thiago Silva. Yeah, I didn't realize. He did that a in give and moment. go with then, him. That's crazy. Yeah, but no, I think Thiago Silva nodded it down. Someone else, Paqueta, I think, like laid it back to Silva, and then Silva first time slipped it through to Richarlison. Oh wow! That man, 30, 38 years old, still just dropping dimes at the World G- Cup. Give, give him a longer a contract. Back. Sure, I, I'd be down. Keep him until he's forty-five. He can do it. He's uh, he's uh, he's football's Tom Brady, real football. Uh, this game against Croatia, I, I think before the let's just say the last two games for each. By the way, team. it's called football. So, it's not called soccer. You idiots. Yeah, talking okay. to you, Christian Pulisic. And Joe I, I don't Biden. really, I don't, I don't really mind either way. I think we've yeah, done. I, I think I we've either. talked about the football soccer debate before, but. There's too much to get to right now. Um, yeah, I was just saying two games ago for each of these teams. So after Croatia's 4-1 win against Canada, I was thinking like, ooh, could Croatia like get themselves back to that level? Could they be like the European team that like actually gives Brazil some sort of, you know, test? Uh, but the last two games, I, I've, I I just don't think Croatia really Absolutely have it. Absolutely like, no chance. The midfield, the midfield is still really right, good. I shouldn't but say they're starting no to look chance. more and more tired. I shouldn't say no chance. They, they have but, one uh, chance. Do you want to know what their one chance is, Javier? What is it? Alex? I think they. I think it's possible, but not probable. The only way I see Croatia winning this game is if they get either a nil-nil or a one-one, and they get it to penalties like they've done so many times these last two World Cups. That would take like a catastrophic failure from the front four right now, which I mean, the oh, front what, four like, of Brazil is like losing to Belgium. Well, like they this did in the is last not the World front Cup. four that played against Belgium. True. This Brazil team is definitely better and they're playing better. They have That's Rafinha why I'm saying and I don't Vinicius think it's Jr. Uh, and an older, yeah. more mature Richarlison, you know, and they, I, I, I don't, Lucas Paqueta, 
I don't know what the fuck David Moyes has been doing, but the dude is definitely a center midfielder. Like he plays much better in midfield, like next to Casemiro, than he than like in the ten role where David Moyes seems to love playing him. So he he's he's he seems he's pretty good in a deeper role. Um, and the back line of Brazil is very solid. I mean, Militao's been pretty good at right back. Marquinhos, Thiago Silva, just Rolls Royces of center backs. Allison, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And then Danilo is probably the the weak. You know the weak point of that team. Um, yeah, Alexandro got injured, so they've shifted Danilo right. over to thirty-one-year-old Danilo uh, at right back. You know, still plays on Juventus, but a lot of people say he hasn't been that great for them. So, I mean, he's probably the one place where they that where Croatia can attack and try to get get. get you some can cover sort of that joy. up though. You can cover that up though when you have Casemiro as your defensive midfielder, and then. Thiago Silva and Marquinhos and Allison, like that spine is just obscene. Uh, yeah. So again, I'm absolutely 100% going to be picking Brazil now. I just wanted to lay out like the only way it, I could see it is possible for Croatia to get a win because, or to I'm get through, say, I guess. I'm going to say 3-0 Brazil. I'll say 3-1. I mean, if Korea can score slaughter. against them. I mean, if Korea, Korea can score against, against them, them in like the 90th minute when they've taken off all their players and put Weverton on. <laughs> like, all right. Was it that late? I think so. No, no, I think Weverton hadn't come on yet, maybe. But yeah, no, uh, just it was a 76 minute. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, Brazil, Brazil could have scored seven or eight. They didn't want to embarrass. Like they, they definitely took their foot off the pedal in this game. So I want to see what happens when Brazil puts the pedal to the metal for the whole time. World Cups I mean, are bring, usually pretty like condensed, but like this one's even more condensed. Like there's I mean, even less be honest, time between games. Like bringing on Rodrigo and Martinelli like on the wings, that's f- filthy. So like I mean, they can just get Rafinha and Vinicius to run you know as hard as they can and at defenses for 70, you know, 65-70 minutes and bring on fresh Martinelli and and Rodrigo. It's just or Anthony, you know, any of those three yeah, players and, is and I guess for the final thing to say about like why Croatia, I don't think they have ended up becoming the team that can take this Brazil team down, is I, I thought maybe one or two of their their forward players who started the tournament well, like Kramaric or uh, Levaya or on, yeah. Petkovic, I, I thought they'd carry on or improve, but it hasn't really happened. And then the midfield has just looked like more and more tired yeah Brozovic you know? has been r- run the most in er- like every game apparently so far this tournament but you know th- th- I don't know the if defense able looks to good keep that up yeah the defense looks pretty good Gvardiol has been one of the players of the tournament at center back next to Lovren and Lavakovic and goal has been excellent saved so, well the penalties were awful so I can't give him too much credit but if they get it to that point it's a coin toss from there so I wouldn't be surprised if Croatia just looked very negative in that game and hold on for dear life and you never know. The pressure of the moment might get to Brazil. It's uh, What I was going to say about this Brazil team to win is it now. Uh, it's very clear that this team needs needs the first goal. And if they get the first goal, the, the, oh, yeah, that's true. the, uh, the waves are going to open. Now, the longer it goes that they don't get the first goal, the, the more likely it is Croatia are going to be able to drag this on. Um, because Brazil is a nervous team. Like, they're a team with kind of like a, a strong energy right now. Um, I know that they this team definitely believes they can win the tournament, and you can tell that the players think that they're going to win this tournament. But 
they have to get that first goal. Once they do, they just start playing with the freedom to start, you know, the the the, the yoga bonito and just, you know. Dude, okay, you're 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 picking up on something that relates to something I've been going over in my head more and more throughout this tournament, which is I think the reason I don't 100% trust the South American teams, um, Argentina and Brazil, we'll just say it, to win the World Cup, and I'm not willing to like give them like my backing. I think it's because when you watch these teams, like both Brazil and Argentina, they're arrogant. They they operate off of vibes. It's like they have more fans than you in the stadium. Those fans are excited to see Messi and Neymar. And yeah, like you said, Joga Benito, they want to see the beautiful game. Brazil at the World Cup is an experience. Like that's on my football bucket list to, to see that. And it just feels like as long as like the vibe is good and everyone's having fun and, you know, we're better than the other team, they're probably going to win even if it's not necessarily beautiful every single time, like with Argentina, but Argentina can just have these 20 or 10 or 15 minute spurts where, you know, the, the, this crowd gets behind them a little bit more from like one shot that almost they're, went yeah, in. They're the same. They're the same. It raises the level Brazil, of the team. Absolutely. But meanwhile, with European teams, it seems like it's more methodical and planned out and technical, which seems like bullshit, but like, I don't really think of like this Brazil team or this Argentinian team having like a, a set way of like pressing and like building up. It's just kind of like we we know what areas of the pitch we're like we're at our best in and we're going to do our best to, you know, defend uh, in a organized way. And then when we get the ball, we're getting it to Messi or we're getting it out to the left wing for Neymar and Vinicius. I'm not saying one way is right or wrong. It's just like the last 20 years, the the European teams, that's where Brazil and Argentina have slipped up because it seems like they don't have a plan once they get punched in the mouth. So I, I don't think that will be this time. Croatia, I think, will not have like the, the relative punch to hang with Brazil. But I don't think it's like Brazil are going to blow them out. I think like maybe like 3-1, like a close 3-1 for Brazil. Did you give your score already? Yeah, I said 3-0. It could even be more. Three now? Yeah. Okay. It could be more. And I think you're like you're very much underestimating. Brazil haven't showed their best yet. They're they're saving it. I mean, we saw it for we saw it for so, a little bit there. But do you not get what I'm what I'm saying? You understand by, this team hasn't lost. You, I'm saying the same thing as you. In like I'm three or four they years, need the first goal. I, right. I'm, they need the first. We're goal. Agreeing. If they get the first goal in every game, they're going to win the World Cup. It's just isn't going to happen. Right. They they, just, they could do what, it. But I'm the just emotion, saying there's going to be a team. Right. It's going to be the same with Argentina, where like. If they can get the first goal, get the crowd behind, and even oh, no, Morocco, that, even yeah. Morocco, like I think Morocco are going to be a threat if they can get the first goal in a game. You know, they get the crowd well, behind you, them. You mentioned you mentioned Argentina, which is a great segue because later on Friday the second quarterfinal will be Holland Argentina, two p.m. Did I already say that? This yeah. is a like a a sneaky good one. I mean, yeah, because Holland are kind of hitting form. They were they looked really good against the U.S. Memphis Depay is just. You know, they look so much better with him up top. You know, the the one game that they played De Jong up top, they looked so much worse. And, you know, Depay coming back into this team after being out for a few months is, is just huge. And, I mean, I think they could beat Argentina. I think it's going to be a coin flip. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's even close. I think Argentina get destroyed. Wow. Yeah. 
I, I think it's a similar, obviously Argentina are better than the USA, but I think the manner of victory for Holland is going to be similar to the one against the USA where it, it's just going to look like they're playing two different sports just because of what I just mentioned, where Louis van Gaal has this team like very well drilled, hard to break down, which Argentina have struggled with against worse, worse teams than Holland throughout this tournament. That five at the back with those dynamic wingbacks, like I, Denzel Dumfries obviously was amazing in that that USA game. Had a goal and two assists. Didn't even yeah, need to go forward so that much in that game. It's, like it's kind they'll of scary. obviously they'll obviously start him, but I don't think they should start daily uh, daily blint on the other uh, wing back spot. I think they should play uh, Malasia from Manchester United to have a bit more athleticism and and youth and energy down that wing because they're going to start Blint's, daily blint. Blint's pretty old. I know they are, but he's in his early to mid thirties. Like. There's a lot of games. Yeah, in but short international games, time. that's just it's not that big of a deal when you're when you're in your you know early to mid thirties because the the game's not as quick. You have more time on the ball, especially someone like Daily Blaine, who's he's very good on the ball. You know, he can he can pick out a pass, he can score a goal. You know, he's 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 still an asset to this team. Um, and the Dutch have honestly surprised me a lot in this tournament, and I kind of have a sneaky feeling that they're going to beat Argentina too, Alex, just because. This, like you said, this Argentina team, like every game, it's felt like God. Like there's a tension, so there's a crazy tension until the the goal happens, and then oh God, all right, like everything's fine, like it's not at the end of the world or whatever. But I think the Dutch are going to hunker down. Uh, like you said, they're going to be super solid defensively. They're not going to give Messi time on the ball, um, and they're just other than Julian Alvarez, who does seem to be stepping up um, the last couple of games for Argentina. Uh, Alexis McAllister did not carry on his form from the game before. He was super disappointing in that uh, Australia game. Um, Rodrigo DePaul, phenomenal in the Australia game. I think he's been probably the one player for Argentina throughout this tournament. He's been very, very consistent. Um, you know, one of a, key, a very key uh, player right now for Atletico Madrid. I, th- I thought he was awful in the, the Saudi Arabia and Mexico games. But, well, the Saudi Arabia I mean, game, he wasn't good, but I thought agree he was to disagree. good in the Mexico game. But, uh, yeah. But finally trusting Otamendi. Enzo, Javier. They trust Enzo. Yeah, the Fernandez starting is good. Um, I didn't love Papu Gomez on the wing either. Um, I kind of think they're not, they shouldn't start McAllister. They shouldn't start Papu. I think Lissandro Martinez, Messi, and Alvarez up top. You mean Lautaro? Lautaro, I'm sorry. Lautaro. The other player I would throw in there, even though he hasn't played a minute all tournament, is uh, Correa from... Uh, Atletico Madrid. And you know you know what else I would kind of do? Uh, what else I would do in, against this uh, Dutch team? I wouldn't start Acuna at left back. I would start Lissandra Martinez. And I would try the to... The center back? Yes. I think it would be Tagliafico before it was him. Or start Martinez in midfield with Fernandez and DePaul. Now you're talking. Uh, and you play that would, that would Acuna. That be a real you slugfest. Acuna, you can play Tagliafico, but... I, I think you have to start Lissandro Martinez. I think you have to start both Martinez's. So I would love to see, you know, uh, Lautaro well, up top. has been awful. He's been awful, but he's just so much better than Papu Gomez Ooh. that... Rodrigo DePaul, doubtful with a muscle injury. Oof. Yeah, I think we could we could see Lissandro Martinez in midfield. That, I mean, that's a trump card that would certainly be interesting. Um, I don't know how likely it is, but I mean, he's played there at Ajax before and done well, so you never know. He brought him. He brought him on in the last game for McAllister and played him in midfield. Yeah, we'll see if he starts a game like that though, because it's one thing to you know preserve yeah, a lead. That would be really interesting, right? Exactly. And even then, 
Australia created enough chances that they could have equalized easily. There were like two really good chances for them to make it 2-2 at the end of that game. Uh, the cool got to give credit to Australia because they were uh, they were way better than I thought they were going to be. And uh, are there usually this many Martinez's in an Argentina team? We've got three that I can think of. That little Emmy, that, uh, that, and Lartauer. That Garan Quol kid. Yeah, he almost scored. The, he almost scored yeah, the equalizer scored the winner. Like, that right was, at the uh, end. Or the equalizer. Yeah, that was a uh, uh, close. That's shave not there a good sign. If, no. if Australia are creating chances against Argentina in the previous round, like Holland are going to have a good few themselves. I think this is just. You know what? If I was going to do a cross sport comparison, I think this game is going to go similarly to a Floyd Mayweather fight. And I think you can make that same comparison of yeah. Holland. In yeah, yeah, the, where it's going to take, it might take game. them a while, both teams to adjust to each other. But once not even the that Dutch long. do, I think it's going to be 20, 30 minutes of yeah, Argentina gonna, pressing high energy with the crowd behind them, like we said, you know, look like they're the better team. And Holland are just going to sit there like Floyd Mayweather, roll their shoulder up onto their chin to protect themselves, lean back a little bit, avoid like, like plant some jabs just to like maintain some distance and, and keep them back. And then they're going to spring into action and, and win the game late in the first half, maybe early second half. But I think it's still going to be close, and I'm going to say 2-0 Holland. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll say 2-1 Holland. Uh, I think Argentina's score, I think, you know, at some That's point fair. they make a comeback. Um, and, you know, Messi or Alvarez, one of them scores, and, you know, everyone everyone starts thinking the comeback is on. But I, I agree with you. I think this Dutch team is just too well-drilled. Well uh, they have a good manager, especially at the international level. You know, Van Gaal is... He's one he's, of the best. He's one of the he's best. Absolutely one of the best absolutely at this one level. Of the best international, and and I mean, and the he other ones are when he gone. Was at Manchester United. He won. Uh, he won the FA Cup at Manchester United, right? He's a good also, cup manager. The other top managers, or the managers we would consider some of the best in the world, they're out of the tournament. Luis Enrique is at home. Hansi Flick went home from the group stage. Those are like the the tacticians that you you think of when you think of like international managers. There's not that many of them, and Van Hal is one of the best. He may be a dick, like people may not like him, but he gets the job done, especially for Holland. He got them to the semifinals of the last World Cup, uh, in or not the last World Cup, the the 2014 one, the last one Holland were at, uh, and I think people just forget that. So. I, I, yeah, I think they pull it off uh, and meet Brazil in the semifinal. Are you? Uh, are you? Are you? Are you? Yo, you think the Dutch are going to go to the final? That's your early Dutch Dutch going to the final oh, prediction. I guess that's where I'm. I, that's not what I was thinking, but it's kind of that's lead, literally what you just way. said. You just said I think they do it and beat Brazil. No, I said they they play Brazil in the semifinal. Yeah, but you th- you said you thought they beat them. No, I said before that Brazil have fallen flat against like the best I, I thought European that's what you teams. just said I think you didn't notice it but maybe I'm wrong when you go back maybe, and record when maybe you go it's my back subconscious just yeah. telling me what I no, think yeah yeah no I mean because you immediately were like yeah that is what I was thinking because yeah I mean you well no I, I'm, I'm linking I feel it like to you're, what we you're, just you're talked saying about the Dutch with, are probably going to the final there's certainly a really good path for them but I mean if they beat Argentina and Brazil on their way to the final then they would they'd certainly deserve it they yeah, absolutely, no, absolutely deserve it so uh but yeah, I agree with you, Alex. Are you surprised that I agree with you, though? Did you think I was going to go for Argentina here? No, because, you know, Javier, you are smart. So 
Oh, thanks, Alex. It's I mean, it's not surprising. You of came course, to your like senses my, like, Argentina. They, Argentina's just been shit this whole tournament, and they've kind of dragged right. their way through the mud. And the, their best the performance end. was this against Poland, end. which are like one of the right. worst teams in the tournament. Right. They've just been awful to watch all tournament, and I, I don't want to see them anymore. So it's been cool to have Messi and his, you know his goodbyes and getting goals and stuff, but. Sorry, Argentina. It's 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 kind of an eyesore to watch you guys, and you know all of their fans are probably raging just listening. But to then this the right alternative, now, the alternative is a Brazil Argentina semifinal, which that would be I'll amazing. Be, I'll, I'll be happily wrong, and if Argentina win this game, even playing badly, I'll I'll take that on the chin. I don't care because I we get an Argentina Brazil semifinal, which would be historic. But like I said, I think there's a chance. I think if Argentina make a few changes, um, especially on the on that left side of the team, which was just so so trash against Australia. Like, no McAllister, no Papu Gomez. And I think they have a chance. I think they have a chance against the Dutch. Um, because the Dutch haven't been, like, amazing defensively either. Uh, they've left, you know, they've, they've definitely showed that they've, they're there to be had defensively. You know, you can score goals against this Dutch team. But offensively, they're always going to be a huge threat on the counterattack um, with their super pacey players with Gakbo. Depay, Dumfries. I mean, it's just like, and, and that was that was Depay's like first start against the USA. He he'd been coming back from an injury. I think he'd come off the he bench so for a good. couple of group but games. But Gakbo. I mean, we haven't talked about Gakbo, but the, he's got to be in your play, team of the tournament. I mean, the the kid's been fucking unreal every single game. Yeah, for the so Dutch. far, at least for the group um, stage. You know, I've been hyping him up since since the beginning of the tournament, and he has not uh, not disappointed in any way, shape, or form. So he's one. Of, he's a player who looks like he's you know almost destined to go to a final uh, this season. You know, I'm not just saying that because he beat Arsenal earlier, but I literally thought to myself, like, ugh, I know they're going to get out of this group and PSV are going to be hard, like, if we play them in in, in Europa League, like, knockout rounds, because, you know, this Gakbo is going to be one of the most sought-after <laughs> players be, in He could in be Europe. going in January, <laughs> so yeah, he's gonna you be might not have most, to worry about him. Yeah, he's going to be one of the most sought-after players in Europe, and... Um, I do think the Dutch have some some weaknesses like Daily Blind and you know they're going to go at that right. That's what that's what they have to target. Alvarez. That, that's I guess. why I was suggesting Malasia playing instead. But Malasia's you know young and hasn't been getting any game time at all. Yeah, but he's he's energetic and he's good. Like I don't know. I just feel like they need a bit more of that. Like they have like players like Van Dyke and uh, Ake who can you know do all the defensive stuff and. Uh, that there's actually like a legitimate debate between Delict and Jurian Timber at right center back. They could play either of those and have like a, still an excellent backline. And Ake is having like quietly one of the better tournaments as a center. Yeah, back, I thought so. I think I thought Ake has been really good in that back three um, with Van Dyke. So, so they don't necessarily need their wing backs to be like great defensive players. They just need them to have energy and be able to constantly make those forward runs for those counter attacks and those switches against like a anticipated 4-3-3 that Argentina will play. But yeah, I, I think we, we both think Holland will get it done. But, you know, Argentina obviously still have a, a great chance with Messi. Let's move on to, I think there's more question marks and things to talk about in this Morocco-Portugal quarterfinal than any other quarterfinal, even the England-France one. Because we've got a Morocco team that, you know, I picked to get out of the group, but I thought their journey would come to an 23% end after that. Twenty-three percent possession, baby. 
Yeah. Morocco gods. And then we've got a Portugal team that has just gone through the biggest facelift of all time by one simple and basic decision that everyone was calling out for, but none of us thought Fernando Santos would actually By the way, I just want to point to out, I've been saying Ronaldo's shit for about a and year and a half And that's benching Ronaldo. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was but right. That's only, that's only one part of the equation. Toxic Ronaldo for them to, trash. For them to bench Ronaldo in the round of 16 against what all of us thought was going to be like a very difficult Switzerland team. This was like a, a coin toss. I thought Switzerland were going to win. The second I saw to, Ronaldo wasn't started, I said, oh, Portugal are going to win. Like, yeah, I just, it I was, thought, it was, thought, it was an instant, like, I thought it was, I was like, oh, wow, he, he had the balls to do it. it. It was almost like the Arteta moment, right? Where like, where, where he dropped Aubameyang from like the, 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 the star yeah, then, player, the captain. Raise the stakes on that because it's, of course, it's the World Cup. And then also, not only does he bench Ronaldo, he doesn't start Rafael Leao, who can play as a center forward. He doesn't start Andre Silva, who has played more games for the Portuguese national team as a center forward and is in his like late 20s. He starts Gonzalo Ramos from Benfica, who I think had had like three or four appearances total and finishes the game with a hat trick and an assist. The first goal is an absolutely insane finish on his weaker foot, left foot at the near post, just over Jan Sommer's head. Jan Sommer is one of the best keepers, you know, in international play. It, it was a, a, an astounding move that I don't know if we could ever quantify, like how crazy it is that they not only benched he's a, uh, Ronaldo, he's but a, went with that young of a player who say, showed up that big for them. He looks really, really good. He already has... Nine goals in 11 games in the league for Benfica when he only had seven in 2029 last season. And he's also got five goals in the Champions League. Uh, yeah, he's I been mean, a beast. Benfica has been, been one of the beast. great teams in Champions League so far absolute this season. Absolute beast. So, I mean, Finished ahead of PSG. They, they he did, already, did really well. He's got 14 goals in 21 games for Benfica. You know this guy's going to get bought for... I mean, if, if the, Darwin Nunez was $100 million, this guy's going to be more. Yeah, likely. He's, he's probably going to be 21 know, like, and he's only just I mean, started Only just started his them. international career. I mean, the dude just scored a hat-trick at the World Cup against in the quarterfinals against Switzerland. It doesn't get bigger than that. To put it into perspective for you guys, Cristiano Ronaldo has never scored a goal in the knockout rounds of the World Cup. I think he has one. He has like zero. 2006. Zero. Really? Oh, okay. Yes. So Messi's Messi has only scored. Yeah, Messi has won. <laughs> yeah, which again, like that's how hard it is to score goals in like the knockout rounds of the of the world of the World Cup. So, you know, Mbappe is also setting records like that of a flame. You know, he's he broke Pele's record of uh, he had now his nine goals uh, as a twenty three year old in the World Cup. Which again, uh, I think Cristiano Ronaldo has eight goals. Messi has nine goals or ten in the World Cup. Mbappe already has nine, and he's twenty three. So. You got to think that this kid's gonna break Klose's uh, record and uh, easily surpass 15 goals at World Cups. But, but going back to Guedes, yeah, going back to going back or to not Guedes, Ramos, Ramos, Ramos. I mean, you you, you want to know who the other player that that's you can't. This is another huge move from Santos, um, Otavio. Let me let me guess. Oh no, I was gonna guess Bruno because Bruno's no. been fucking amazing. At, well, like, no, he was even yeah, but better. We all know, we Ronaldo all know when out. Ronaldo's not in the team, Bruno's amazing. Uh, by the way, guys, pick him up in fantasy. Bruno's gonna be a god the second half of the season. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I mean, I mean Bruno's 
Yeah, I mean, Bruno's probably going to be back on penalties. Like, no, like, it's back to Bruno God on Manchester United, and they're going to be so much better without Ronaldo. But, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's such a. You're right, Alex. I mean, I, I could have never predicted that. No one could have thought it. I thought that the. He could bench Ronaldo, especially after what happened, because you saw when Ronaldo came off in the last game, he started pouting that he came off. And Santos said that he didn't see it when he was on the bench. But then he, when he went, went back and saw the footage, he like he was like, no, that's not acceptable. Like, you know, uh, it'll be dealt with internally. And he dealt with it by benching him. The leading goal yeah, scorer and Ronaldo for Portugal really all have, time. He doesn't have the leverage to you can't say throw shit. A the kid got a three anymore. goals and an assist. Well, I mean, I'm saying even before uh, Fernando Santos made that decision, I think the reason he could make that decision is because Ronaldo has zero leverage. He doesn't have a club. He's reportedly going to be signing for Al Nasir in Saudi Arabia, I think, for like boatloads of money. But he needs or he needed to play well in this World Cup to give himself a chance at getting the move that he wants in Europe at a Champions League club. He hasn't succeeded despite scoring a penalty in the first game. And I guess getting, you know, the tip of his hair onto a Bruno Fernandez cross that went in in the second game against Uruguay. But Portugal haven't looked good with him up top and they haven't looked good for a while with him up top. They've looked, you know, slow, ponderous on the ball. Do you know what Ramos' first talent, Champions been... League goal was, Alex? You were, who are good at remembering goals? No, I don't. It was, was it this uh, season? It was No, it was last season against Liverpool in the Champions League. Um, he got he he scored in the three three draw at Anfield. I was just looking at uh, I mean this kid's having a a crazy rise. You know, just scored his first goal in the Champions League last season. Scored a hat trick uh this season already in the in the Champions League again. I mean, granted it was against Midland or whatever, um, but still in the Champions League. Um, and then you know, like I said, he's got five goals right now in the competition. Benfica top their group. You know, it just huge rise and it makes you think that Portugal could go all the way to the final because the way that they play in that game they were unbelievable I mean Bernardo Silva with Bruno were doing all these crazy combinations and back and forths and how fluid the front four was Otavio you know Bruno Otavio's really good on the ball too I mean I, I think he plays for Porto right Alex he's probably one of their star players now um, just but there's so many players on the bench that could be playing instead of him. Like you said, you know, you mentioned Rafael Leal, but Leal's been coming on and scoring goals. You got to think if Portugal ever need it, then he's going to come on and, and just terrorize defenses. I mean, he's one of the best up and coming strikers in the world. You know, uh, I, I do want to shout out actually Mbolo as well, who had, I think, a great game for and a great tournament for Switzerland. Um, even though Switzerland were defending a lot and were, you know, got destroyed, uh, you know, in, in that game, I thought six one was a, you know, kind of a flattering scoreline. I thought Switzerland were better than that. You know, I thought the Swiss could have had a couple more goals. You know, a couple of the goals were a little bit unlucky and, and mistakes at the back. But it's just so demoralizing to like to like lose. Yeah, it's and, super demoralizing. Go behind. To, to, it's so demoralizing to go behind that early to. Like, but even that when they were down like four nil, Imbolo was like flip. Like, do you remember that flick yeah. that he did in the like scissor kick from the top of the box? I was like, wow, right, the, yeah. this kid's still like trying to do stuff like that. You know, it just makes you think that you know he still hasn't gotten that move to a big team, and you know he had that horrible injury a couple years ago, and I thought he had a really good tournament and impressed, and you know he could be a player that. Would you take him at uh, Chelsea, Alex? 
Uh, no, not Mbolo. I take uh, I take, you take Gonzalo Leo. Ramos. I know that we would all take Leo. I take Leao and Gonzalo Ramos. I take both of oh, them, yes. either or. Ramos is probably destined for Real Madrid now after this performance and what he's been doing right. at Benfica. So all right, sure. I don't think you're getting him, Alex. We'll, we'll see. I think he's, he's got to do a bit more. Maybe in the Champions League second half of this season, he can do a bit more. Right, if that's he what I'm saying. He'll, he'll, he won't leave in the middle of the season. He's doing so great for Benfica right now, but. Um, yeah, I mean, especially if he goes and wins the World Cup and leads his team to the World Cup, you know, like this kid's going to be worth 150 million or something when the summer comes around. Do you think Morocco have I, any chance? I, Alex? I want to see. I want to see one more game have, before I start thinking about Portugal as you know right. legitimate contenders for this. I know six one is impressive, but, but this like, Morocco you, team yeah, are one Morocco of the best or, defensive teams right. in the tournament. They've been excellent. They they've they've kept uh, Belgium to a uh, to a to no goals, they kept Croatia uh, to no goals. They made Spain. They conceded. They conceded one against Canada. One shot, and it was one a, shot goal. on target against Spain. Right. They for uh, 120 minutes. A lot of that That's is definitely crazy. Spain's own fault, but like. Morocco were, you know, tenacious defensively, and that's just their identity. They're they're excellent at it, and if it gets to penalties, then who knows. It's another one of those. I could, I can definitely see Morocco winning this. I, I just don't know if I can, I can pick it. You know, Ziyech has just been like saving his energy up like all season for the last like year. Just like I'm ready for this fucking tournament for Morocco because he played all 120 minutes. Um, I really want to shout out that Uwanhi uh, kid, Azadine Uwanhi. Yeah, another one of my boys, Javier. Yes, Alex. He's, he's been he's been super talked about good. him before um, the tournament. Before he's you excellent did. as like a box to box midfielder. He's been really good. I'm guessing he'll get a move at some point. Um, he's only 22 years old. Looks like he's a he's gonna be a he's not like super physical, but he's great at tackling. Uh, pretty good on the ball. Like doesn't really make bad just like makes good decisions on the ball. Generally tries to keep his team on the ball and. Uh, that front three of Ziyech, uh, Inesri, and Buffal has been really good. You know, dynamic, fluid, uh, coming back and helping defend while still being good on the counterattack. And like you said, the defense has been super good. The the goalkeeper Bono, he's been awesome too. I think he plays for Sevilla, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's been fantastic, and he's been you know. I think there's a, a concern because uh, Nasif Aguerd got uh, injured with the the West Ham center back, and he had to come off. I think with like. Five minutes to go in oh, the, that's, that's the regular really, time. That's really sad because he's been really good for them. Well, the guy they uh, they brought on for him, I think it was Chedira. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. No, Jawad uh, El Yamik. He plays at Real Valladolid. He's you know he's playing in La Liga. He's thirty years old. He's not like too old. Um, so that's like a, a decent backup. He still had to go through like the 30 minutes of extra time defending their asses off against Spain and did well. But this Portugal team is just in such good form that I, I just haven't seen enough of Portugal to like convincingly say it. So I think this is a game where it is much closer, much tighter. I, I think it's 1-1 after uh, 90 minutes. Oof, and then I think they don't Portugal... Have a I think Portugal pull it out with with substitutions like Leao, like you said. He's he's come on and looked electric every time as like a super sub in this tournament. So players like that coming onto Portugal, I think they end up being the difference and Portugal win an extra time. 2-1. Yeah. Uh I think that this reborn Portugal side is just going to blow Morocco away. Uh, I think Morocco have expended right. so you, all of You trust it. 
Yeah, they've expended all of their energy, all of their goodwill. And and if Aguero if Aguero's not starting or if he's hurt, they're just going to go at him and I think the amount of effort that it took to to 100 also playing 120 minutes. Like Portugal got to cruise to a 6-1 win, take off their players, bring on Ronaldo, blah blah blah. Morocco had to fight to the death for 120 minutes against Spain. I think that's going to make a big difference, you know, only having four or five days yeah. after that to recover. No, but I mean, so, that game was Monday. Think, this is Saturday. Yeah. I don't know. It's I still think, I still think it's going to be a, a terrible turnaround. I still think it's going to be a, 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 a factor because they've had, you know, pretty consistent games every four or five days during this tournament. Um, and it's going to wear on you. And uh, I think Portugal have just so much more depth, so much more quality. I'm going to say... 4-1 Portugal. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'll stick to my one, uh, my 2-1 Portugal after extra time. All right, well, uh, let's wrap things up there. I thought we might get to talk about some of these uh, qu- these round of 16 games a little bit more, but these quarterfinals are just so tasty. You can't uh, you can't not properly dive into them. Uh, we, Javier? We, we kind of covered all most of them. Yeah, we mentioned we, some of them, we but you know. Them. We, 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 no, we, we went through give, all of them. Uh, we, we should have slapped around Spain a bit more. Spain only won one game this tournament, and they and wasted all of their goals on Spain. Costa Rica. Alex, we were talking about Morocco. You can, you can still, yeah, that was yeah. Spain should have been a lot better than they were this tournament. I mean, the the quality on the ball. I, obviously, Alex, I think you were right that the whole the Busquets in the middle was just cancer. If they hadn't started Busquets and they'd they'd gone with a midfield of Rodri, Rodri, they have one of the best defensive midfielders. Right. he's better than Busquets. Right. It's just, they it didn't have to play him as a center back. They didn't have you to do play that. Play Torres next to him, or or Spelikweta, whatever Laporte you want. To do. And Torres as Llorente. the center backs. Rodri right in front of them. Gavi and Pegtry. It, it's so simple, and yet Luis Enrique is just uh, he, just he, he trusts his boys. He, he trusts Sergi Busquets and Jordi Alba and all those types. Um, but yeah, they 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 met their they met their eventual end. Javier, thanks for jumping on this one. I appreciate it. If you want to follow Javier on Twitter, you can follow him at JavierRev9. If you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow me at ASMoss92. And the podcast social media accounts are both uh, at GhostGoalPod for Twitter and Instagram. Please go ahead and follow those accounts because, you know, we're going to be jumping on with IG Lives. I did one last Friday right after the the group games ended, but uh, with one of the OGs, Andrew. Uh, And we spent like a good 50 minutes just talking about those round of 16 games so we'll drop like 20 minutes 30 minutes ahead of time when we're planning on doing that we'll, we'll drop a notification tweet something out put something on the ghost goal podcast uh instagram uh feed or something to let people know when all right i'm being be disrespectful on. to morocco i'm gonna say i'm gonna say three, you one, always do this one, you always do this while, while i'm while i'm doing the outro you're you know you're recalculating everything you've just said all right, so yeah, we'll lock that in. 3-1. It's such a big deal. Do you think it's going to be 3-1 Portugal? Yeah, it's going to be closer, Yeah, the 4-1 okay. is disrespectful. Maybe even 2-1. If you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and leave a rating and review. Those new ratings and reviews help uh, new listeners to, to find the pod. And uh, we'd really appreciate it if you guys helped us grow this thing. So enjoy these quarterfinals. I'm sure you'll hear from us before the semifinals next midweek. And until next time, see you.